0: welcome back to that's orgasmic you are joined by your host sexologist emily duncan and today's episode is a bonus one it is an episode that i actually recorded for another podcast so this is something i've obviously never done before but i have gotten that recording and i'm going to share it all with you too So, I was interviewed on Tamara Santucci's podcast, Get Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. And we talked about a whole lot of things, but mainly about stepping into your sexuality and um, understanding how you sexually express yourself. And kind of this idea of like how you show up in the bedroom can impact how you show up in the world. So it was super, super interesting. So please enjoy something a little bit different and hearing me, I guess, on the other side of the interview. So thank you, Shagas, for listening and please enjoy today's episode.
1: Welcome, Emily. How are you going today?
0: Yeah, really good. Thank you. How are you?
1: Always good. Always good. So I wanted to ask you genuinely, like we all have we all have like a whatever job we take or whatever like path we take, there's been a reason why we wanted to take that path. So for you, I wanted to ask why the path of sexology?
0: Yeah, so uh, chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, (laughs) chlamydia is the reason I'm here. Um, God bless. (laughs) I, when I was 18 I contracted chlamydia of mm-hmm. my boyfriend at the time yeah. and I was the first out of all my friends to contract chlamydia um and it was one of those moments I was like oh shit I don't know what to do I was like um yeah. how do I tell my boyfriend because it was kind of different instead of like having to like go message or you know other people who, it might have been casual. It's like, oh, this is my boyfriend. How is this going to impact our relationship when we're 18 and our communication skills suck? <laughs> um, and... I uh, was just like I really don't know how to communicate about this. I like handled it pretty well, like I honestly mm. like just took the piss out of it and was just yeah. like, "Ha at least I'm not pregnant." Like have kind of joked around and I was really open to all of my friends, my parents, everything like I'm super open and about it, about it, which probably helped get me to here. But in you know, going through that experience, I just realized how much of a gap I had in my knowledge and how much mm. the education system failed me. All they taught me was don't get SDIs. These are the signs and symptoms, even though yeah. you don't even get signs and symptoms normally. And they did not do anything to teach me how to deal with that experience, how to communicate about it, how to inform mm. my partners. And it was just one of those moments I was like, I I need to work in this. I need to change this because it went from contracting chlamydia had I obviously informed them but there was never a follow-up conversation because I was too scared to have that conversation. So mm. then after we had like our week of like no sex because you can't have sex for that week. Mm. Um we just started having unprotected sex again. Turns out he never got treated properly. So I contracted it again oh, yeah. and then it turned into pelvic inflammatory disease and then I had to go to gyno's and then I had surgery and it was just this like Holy shit. big thing and it just made me realize like the more I didn't know and it just kept growing and growing and then I was having a lot of casual sex cause we only dated for a few months and then I started to have a lot of casual sex. Mm. And then I was getting just the other like STI scares thinking like, is that ingrown hair herpes? And then I just kept Googling mm. and Googling and finding um, people on Instagram. And I just found this whole sex positive world. And mm. I was like, this is amazing. This is my space. So I changed my degree from criminology to psychology cause that felt like the best fit to get into sexology. Yeah and then just stuck it out and now i graduate in like three weeks and then i'm a psychologist. which is like insane that's so
1: exciting oh my god you're at like the pointy end now like that's oh my god that is so
0: cool yeah it's amazing
1: oh my god i Wow. It's often like from the stories of like, you feeling your own pain, right? And then you're like, okay, no, this needs to be taught about all this needs to be shared um, as a message to everyone else. Like, it's just amazing how it stems from there. So what has
0: been like, have you always been open about sex? Yeah, I feel like I've definitely been pretty open. Um, From like, the first time having sex not necessarily because the first time I had sex I was 14 Mm -hmm. I was the first out of all my friends um Mm -hmm. so I kept it secret for a little while because I had a lot of shame around that I didn't know how to talk about it but my mum is very open um she comes from a Dutch background and I don't know if it's the she was brought up to Australia, but I don't know if there's just something about it that, <laughs> it's like, has made her like it. But she's always been very open. Um, I still remember one of the first things she told me when I got my first boyfriend. She was like, now before you have sex, Emily, make sure that he gives you an orgasm before you let him have sex with you. You need to be able to orgasm before. Didn't take on that advice. It did take, like, five years before I got there. But, like... As much as when she told me that I'm like, oh my God, mom, shut up. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? I can now appreciate that if it wasn't those little comments that she had made, I yeah. probably wouldn't even be in this position. Um, but yeah, once I had started, I guess, getting more comfortable with my sexuality, mm-hmm. I 100% I've always been someone who's super open. Like even when I contracted chlamydia, everyone knew straight away. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like a gossip getting around. I was just like, I need to talk about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And That's so- amazing. Yeah, so I've always been yeah super open, super open about it. Your mom is a queen, by the way. Oh no, like, she is. I love that. Yeah, I like. I can't even like looking back now. I obviously I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I'm like, mm. why are parents like giving out this advice? Yeah. Whereas all my friends' parents was like silence. They said yeah. nothing about sex.
1: Mm, mm. I I was that like that was my sexual history. So it was just very. um I didn't talk about it. I knew nothing. Like I felt so just out of it. And I felt alone as I was growing up. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's not talked about. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't even like, I don't even know what questions to ask. And I don't even know what's right or what's wrong or like how I'm meant to do this. Like, and it's just all of those things that playing in your, are playing in your mind and you get more anxious. And then you just, it's, it's, it was so, I just found it so not the way that I, wished it was and then like you said the education system and what they expressed was just nothing it's not it pretty much it's not it exactly and then you have your like conversations with your friends but it's like the blind kind of leading the blind like Mm -hmm. I had very like like like-minded friends and my best friend at the time was um or she still is but um we were we're both Italian so we're both just like anything to do with sex or anything like, like that was very shamed and you felt like guilty around it it was more so close your legs rather well, close your legs rather than like the advice that your mum gave you and it was just yeah it's so funny how so many like people like everyone has their different sexual history and relationship history in way in the ways that they've been brought up in their perceptions and everything and it's just amazing what we take on and then how we to bring that on so like because I have been so I felt like so closed off from it now I'm like no I'm choosing to be more sexually expressed because that is freeing to me and then choosing to share that with the world it's amazing how your past really if you let it and then if you want to choose different you can can dictate your future
0: yeah absolutely and I think it's not until you like sit and open up and reflect and look back on your Mm. sexuality There's so much shit you don't even know is repressed there. So many values you don't even know you're still holding. And, like, especially with, like, shame, it can just be so ingrained. And even just, like, when you were mentioning, like, talking about sex with your friends, but it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. But then, like, all the messaging we get is just so centred around, like, penis and vagina penetration. We have all... It's like the male sexuality light is the female sexuality. Like, everything has stemmed from them even though it just it doesn't it doesn't add up like yeah there's just so much misinformation out there and it's not until i mean even i'm still unlearning shit. like mm. and i've studied like you know a whole yeah. course on this like there's just so much to break down and as you age like your sexuality evolves and there's going to be certain things that come up at certain times that you don't even you didn't even realize it was there or didn't yeah. you thought you were over that and it's coming back up yeah oh a thousand percent I want to know like if you
1: were to look at your teenage like just talk to your teenage self. what would be like the one biggest thing that you would wish she would like for her to know
0: that's a good question I think the biggest thing for me when I think about my teenage years is that Mm. the first time I did have sex I did feel so much shame around Mm. that because I was I did it was young like 14 obviously quite young I look at 14 year olds these days and I'm like I can't even picture it like (laughs) how I was having sex but I honestly did feel ready at the time but because of all the um Messaging I got around it. It was like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't do that. So honestly, I think just more support on like it's okay to be sexual, and because I find that I was very sexual, like I wanted to have sex all the Mm. time, and I wanted to like you know explore these different things. So I guess just a bit more support around that because I feel like yeah, everything else with how it's evolved, I probably wouldn't change it. It's been you know it has been great, but that's like that one pivotal moment, that first time having sex because I had a lot of shame and like, I didn't tell, like, I've been so open with my mum and I didn't tell mm. my mum until I was like 16 and a half. Yeah. So I'd been lying like for like two, like two a and a two, half years. yeah. And because she constantly was having these conversations, but they still, even though she's very sex positive, they weren't necessarily conversations that made me feel like, um, I, I can be like, yeah, I've actually mm. had sex. I kind of was still like, yeah. oh, here's some education about sex, but still don't have sex. Wait till you're a bit older. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'd already yeah. had sex. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So I think just a bit more like if you feel, you know, you are ready, embrace that. Obviously, mm. you don't know what's going to come. But just, yeah, I guess just to, it's okay to be sexual. Like I yeah. think that's probably the main thing. Because even now I'm still so sexual and I find I have conflicts with some partners because I'm more sexual than they are and it's just like conflict like is it too much am I like you know am I hypersexual is it like um and having to navigate that in my conversations with them because sometimes in the heat of the moment in the bedroom you can snap and say things especially if you're getting not rejected but being told no when you're you know in that those moments just like navigating that.
1: I love that. I have so much to say on that because there's like a huge stigma, like from society and everything that's like men are more sexual than women. And that's not Mm -hmm. the case. That is not the case. So like I have battled, I've battled that because I am more than my partner, but I'm just like I, I have felt the same thing of like, am I too much? Is there something wrong with me? Like, should he want it more? Like, what, what's wrong with me for wanting it more? And I'm just, I had to unlearn and remove the conditions. Like, it's okay. Like, you're fine. And it's a good thing to be because like that's part of your personality and it's not you don't have to suppress that you don't have to like mm. limit that down or push that down and I felt like I had to and it's just like it's oh, like exactly that it's okay to be sexual it's okay to be like to not be as sexual it's okay to be however you are as long as like that's true to you like you're not dimming it down or feel like you have to um, suppress anything because of what's going on around you or what someone else says it's okay i feel like that's the biggest thing and i feel like the biggest thing that i wish i had was just like just a safe space like a safe Mm -hmm. space to talk to women, to just really be like properly educated around it. Because I feel like education is power and then taking action on that is even more powerful. I felt like, I feel like um, with sexology, it's such a powerhouse to be able to like spread the message and actually share with people what they genuinely want to know. And it's such a pivotal part to development, such a pivotal part to womanhood and just self-expression and ultimately like pure freedom. Because there's this notion, I want to like hear your piece on this too. If you suppress, and this is what my focus is um, with my work, is like if you suppress yourself in the bedroom, you're suppressing yourself in life. Because if you're suppressing a part of you in your real and raw and most vulnerable state, which is like in the bedroom or any other place that you have sex. But um, like if you're suppressing a part of you there, you're going to suppress a part of you in real life. So yeah, I just want to know your take on that too
0: yeah well absolutely like even if you think about how people especially people with vulvas how they ask for what they want in the bedroom a lot of them don't Mm. a lot of them are terrified Mm. to ask what they want well then are they asking for what they want out in the real world are they following their passions are they like you know standing their ground in their workplace in situations where they need to need to and speaking Mm. up and are they prioritizing themselves if you're not prioritizing mm. your pleasure in the bedroom because like there's a, I feel like there's this expectation that you're if you're having partnered sex that your partner's responsible for your pleasure that they're meant to mm. you know just know what to do and they're the ones who are meant to get you to an orgasm or make the sex amazing but like if you're not communicating with them how they meant to know like you are completely responsible for your pleasure you have yeah. to First, do the exploration to work out what the hell you want,
1: Mm. then
0: be able to communicate that and then adjust it because each and every partner you have, it's going to be a different experience. So learning how to do that. But I 100% agree that how you show up in the bedroom is going to be a reflection of how you show up in the rest of the world. And like just even your confidence and how you feel in your body and just... Yeah, there's just so much to it. There's so many little things that you can then really kind of tie the tie up, like how that is reflected throughout ev- like different aspects of your life.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And like you can like even just like I'm meeting, I'm meeting and speaking to you for the first time, but I can genuinely tell that you are open in that part of your life, like in the bedroom, and open like in real life. I can feel that in your energy, and like everyone else can feel that too. I want to know for someone who doesn't feel confident in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and therefore doesn't feel like confident to stand in her truth and stand in her power in real life because she's worried about judgment. She's feeling shame and feeling guilt. Like what would be like some tips or some advice that you would give her?
0: Definitely. It's got to start from within. So if being sexual for instance is something that's just uncomfortable like a lot of people feel Mm. uncomfortable to masturbate or they um you know feel uncomfortable or self-conscious having sex sit down if you like to journal for instance journal and reflect Mm. on these these topics like Mm. try and work out what makes you feel good what doesn't make you feel good what makes you feel uncomfortable what aspects of sex you don't feel confident in or might make you yeah like feel uncomfortable when do you see say if you're having um partnered sex when are the points that you're kind of triggered or going in your head is it Mm. when they touch certain aspects of your body is it just being naked do you need to have the lights off like is having the lights on something that triggers you and you're like this is too much because they can Mm. really see me um and I think just sitting and reflecting and trying to find more information about yourself so doing that i guess like in a non-sexual context and journaling is i find amazing
1: yeah or
0: if you have a therapist taking it to therapy it can be a scary topic to talk about but it can really mm. unlock so much and then masturbation is my like it's i, I love it and <laughs> if you know how to get yourself off you have so much power and you can gain so much confidence from that Mm. and taking that a step further it might be daunting but masturbating in front of a mirror getting to take in your whole body appreciating it for what it is and actually seeing like what does it look like when you know your vulva gets engorged and all the blood flow and you're Mm. or what it looks like when you're about to orgasm after you orgasm if you're you know, orgasms, your goal and just, yeah. Just appreciating your body. Now you might need to do like affirmations while you're doing that because it could be mm. like, you could sit there for some people, they hardly even look at their vulvas and it could be like, oh my God, like terrifying. Yeah. Um, so obviously taking the slow steps and if it's like too much, but like just getting, yeah. Getting to know your body, trying to build that confidence, appreciating yourself in front of a mirror. I find it amazing. Like I love yeah. to do that. Yeah, And then if you're wanting to improve, so like communication's massive in sex and I feel like it's hard because there's two different, if you're having partnered sex, there's like the casual sex and especially if there's people in like the early 20s or I feel like there's a lot more casual sex and partner mm-hmm. sex so it can be mm-hmm. a bit more difficult to navigate when you're having new partners that you haven't necessarily communicated with but if you're having somebody that you have a relationship with try having these conversations outside the bedroom because as soon as you're in that context in the bedroom it can just be a bit more daunting things can be taken the wrong way and yeah. there's just a lot more of heightened sensation and arousal so taking that outside of the bedroom and having yeah these conversations about maybe what you do want what do you actually want to explore and like yeah just talking to them about that and if it's do it over a glass of wine or go for a Mm. drive especially if you're um in like a cisgender heterosexual couple and the man might be a bit uncomfortable they i've talked to um a male sex coach about this and he was like go driving or something so the man feel or like go kick a ball or just so they feel distracted <laughs> and they're moving and have that conversation yeah um yeah to just uh, communicate those things about yeah what you what do you actually want and mm. um how they can pleasure you and then debriefing after sex outside of the bedroom so have your moment and then debrief outside um what yeah. you've already like had your shower whatever calm down um they're probably the main things there's so much to it but
1: yeah yeah. we could go on this like these tips tangent for like hours I reckon because there's honestly so much and like it's so different for each person as well because each person has their own you know trauma around it or belief around and conditioning around it like not like for me I didn't necessarily have any like sexual trauma like through rape or anything like that but for me it was more so it wasn't spoken about so i couldn't like explore that part of me and i all automatically felt shame for mm. it or shame for wanting to be expressed shame for even like wearing um like the top that i have on today like with just a little like low cut like i'm taking off the buttons and it's like just even like little things like that just take in um and like be mindful around like your own past, your own history or what you do and how you act and like where you start to like, where your body starts to tense up or what you feel most expanded and really like start to take in on that because it's going to be so different for everyone. And just like really, um, I don't know what the tangent of that or the point of that Mm -hmm. was, but like, I I tend to do that a little bit, but like the point is just like really um, discovering for yourself, like really identifying for you what you like what you don't like and really taking in that exploration for yourself i'm um i'm reading the book i'm rereading it actually um the book pussy and i'm taking heaps and heaps of notes and it's just all about like as a woman her innate power lies in her pussy mm-hmm. and we feel like because there's so much shame around it because there's so much Trauma around it, guilt around it, we are so disconnected from that part of ourselves. Yet it's the source of our power, of our confidence, of our really like our worth, right? And so if we shut that down, like you said, we're not going to have that radiance. We're not going to have that glow. We're not going to have that, you know, standing in our power and really knowing our truth. Whereas like you see women you know, down the street. And I feel like they, this is a lot for European women as well. Like not to generalize or anything like that. I don't want to do that, but they're really in their power. Like they're glowing, they're radiant, they're loving their lifestyle and they're wearing their dresses or whatever, but they're expressed. They're expressed because they're living how they want to live. And you'll find that they're going to be expressed in the bedroom because it's how they've been brought up too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we just have so, I like, especially in an Australian context, so much shame when it mm-hmm. comes to our pussies. Like, people are afraid to look at them. They just, yeah. like, don't get to know them. Like, I was fortunate. I was a very curious child mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember, I think I must have read a Dolly magazine or something. And I'm like 10 years old and I've got the hand mirror and like, that's yeah. when I started looking and getting comfortable <laughs> yeah. with my vulva. And I have friends around me now who they can't even fathom the thought and they still don't masturbate and, like, there's so much shame. And I honestly, like, I feel like I've definitely, like, I've done the exploration. Mm. I've built that connection. Like, I feel so much empowerment from my pussy, like, honestly. And just, like, the pleasure I can feel from it, what it gives me, like, it's just, yeah, it doesn't have to be this thing that's hidden away. And I feel like with, um like, a penis, it's there. Like, they, you know, there's no denying <laughs> it's there. You can see it. You can't hide yeah. it. Like, and I yeah. don't know if just because of the fact that it's literally just hanging there and you can't hide it, that <laughs> it's a lot more spoken about. And, you know, because, like, you yeah. can't. Whereas for, like, those Evolvers, it is. It's just, it's kind of like this hidden away, hidden away thing that you don't want to mm. talk about. But you're meant to, you know... You're meant to be so pure and innocent, but then also be this sexual freak in the bedroom, like the Madonna hall complex. Like it's yeah. just
1: so, yeah, so complicated. Yeah. So complicated. And like exactly that, like just the societal rules like tells us like, no, you need to close your legs. You need to, like, you can't show that side of you. But then at the same time, like there's that other side to it where it's like, well, you should know what to do in the bedroom and you should all like do this. Like once you're married, it's like, oh, like you've, you should have that already figured out. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, that's not the case. It's it's not like here nor there type of thing. I remember having a conversation with, um, like my, one of my guy best friends in high school and he like, genuinely, we were so open. It was such a good relationship. And he's like, he said to me, he's like, do you touch yourself? And I'm like, what? Like we were have, having that conversation. It was so good. I remember being in like year 11 and 12 and um, and he's like, I feel like you should. And he's like, and I'm like, I we're talking about it. And that was the point where I'm like, no, like I haven't. And I, and it was just because of that sexual history. And I felt like I couldn't, I felt like it was, it was shameful for mm. me to masturbate, like yeah. so much shame around it.
0: And it is for so many people. So many people mm. with vulvas, they have so much shame when it comes to masturbating. And then those with penises, it's just like this normal thing. Fact. They all, It's a fact. Yeah. Literally, I honestly, like me in high school, would assume that every single person with a penis was wanking. Like, yeah. no doubt yeah, about me too. it. Like, it just was like, yeah, just literally like a fact. It's like, that's just what mm. they do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like,
1: oh, it's just, no. Like, and it's it, it brings us back to the point of, Women can be sexual, if not more sexual than men, and you can have like. I want to know what your definition of being like sexually expressed means to you.
0: Um. So, like, when you say sexually expressed, like, sexuality, just like being In, sexual, however you
1: take it, however you okay, take what that word was or that phrase. Was. I
0: feel like being sexually express is like tapping in to one you're like erotic energy so mm-hmm. like that sexual energy you feel and expressing that in whatever way whether that is through masturbation through sex through um going like on date how you dress mm-hmm. how you present yourself um even the content you create like me with my podcast like that's the sexual expression of myself yeah. um and then i guess tying that into also your sexuality so being like a queer woman is obviously going to be a different experience to being heterosexual so how you express yourself in i guess your sexuality and even just the sexual practices you engage in because obviously we all have sex so differently yeah yeah. um yeah i feel like they're the, the main points that i would that comes to mind when I think of like sexually expressing yourself. Yeah.
1: I feel like it's so important to everyone. And that's the point that I was leading to just to have their own definition of what being sexually expressed means to them. Because for me, being sexually expressed means like I am in my most like freest self. Because if I'm able to express myself how I want to in like in a sexuality sort of terms, I'm able to express myself freely in life with, Mm -hmm. like you said, like in my content, in my work, with what I'm bringing out, with my offerings, with my programs, and then like even like with how I dress or the work or how I move my body in every little thing that I do, it's my own extension of how like how in tune I am with my own sexuality. Yeah. I love that so
0: much.
1: Yeah. How, um, I was going to say, like, what does sensuality mean to you?
0: Mm. Sensuality, I think is definitely like when I think I've just instantly like kind of like touched myself, like (laughs) sensually, you know, I feel like sensuality is all about, I guess that touch and tapping into like what feels good.
1: Mm. And
0: it doesn't even necessarily have to be like sex, like lighting a candle that just smells delicious and turns you on, you know, like just those sensual things that you can do that they light up your senses, like taste, like eating something yummy, um, listening to music that, you know, turns you on. And then I feel like just like that sensual touch is just kind of that more... I guess like that's slower or just more um, trying to think of the right word for it but just like you really feel it if that Mm. you're really in tune to it if that makes sense like it doesn't even have to be slower like you could literally like if you're into like a bit um, you know rougher sex like literally getting slapped could be something (laughs) that's sensual but like just feel it like you know you're really in that moment and like really just feeling it like you are there with Mm. those sensations
1: yes yes I completely agree agree it's just awakening your senses like what you're you're feeling like the desk the um like the touch of your like the silk shirt but also like the towel, like the fluffiness of the towel, like really awakening and being present with all of your senses, because that is like such a key to like if you do like most women have their core as like feminine energy. So like you're awakening your feminine energy and you're connecting back to yourself again. It's like really like all this is and this is why i wanted to have a conversation about this is so that women become more connected back to their true selves and to themselves because i was having um a chat with my girlfriend yesterday and we are just talking about like it's so funny we're living like in different like chapters of our lives and going through different things as we all do but like the lessons and the blocks that have been coming up for us have been so similar and so just like very much the same and on the same path. And it's just so funny that we just like, I've had to realize this year for myself to really just come back to me, to unlearn everything that I've thought from like my 24 years of living really, and just unlearn everything, recondition myself to how I want to live and to create the rules for me. And really like how I did that is through the power of just being more sexually expressed and like obviously clearing my trauma and like healing everything, but it has been through my sensuality, my sexuality and awakening my feminine desires again.
0: Yeah. I can absolutely see how that can happen just from tapping Mm -hmm. into that energy. And like, cause it even just like, especially when we talk about like sensuality, like and getting more in tune with like touch and your senses, like, you're instantly becoming more mindful and then you're gonna Mm. take that into other aspects of your life and you're gonna feel more empowered and just like it does really like transform your life and like Mm. I guess I've never really sat down and thought about it, but a hundred percent me choosing to take this path in sexology and then having to look at how I express myself sexually and Mm. then starting the podcast that I there's been nearly two years and going yeah. through all of that and then the course like I am so sexually confident now and mm. so like and I always have people even just outside like of you know outside of sex people just being <laughs> like how how are you so confident and I'm like I don't even I don't know I just I mm. just am yeah it's like, just me I was like I don't question anything and um I'm just I trust my my God, and I trust myself and my sexuality and it's just yeah I feel like the I haven't necessarily you know like had those like sitting down really thinking about it but like all of those moments of putting in that work that I might not have been intentional but has like you Mm. know rubbed off onto me a hundred percent has allowed me to like develop to like this place that I'm in now yeah wow what would be like um what were those moments so Good question. Definitely starting my podcast was pivotal. I just remember mm. the because f- it was during COVID um, and then obviously like being in Victoria, like we're constantly mm. in a lockdown. Oh. And yeah. And it just gave me so much confidence. And I remember the first time I went out to like a pub and it would have been. A few months it must have been a few months after I had started it and at first I was a bit nervous because I came from like a really small town and that <laughs> something like a sex podcast is just absolute gossip and such a scandal and I was just met with like so much positive energy and people just yeah. like this is amazing we need this and it just gave me so much confidence also I found like then especially when just dating like people (laughs) like it can go one or two ways Mm. they'll either instantly sexualize me and I'm like see you later or it just it's um I almost I'm very much somebody that likes to like um in like my sexual dynamics have a bit of power so Mm. I feel like it has given me that 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 power in those dynamics if that makes sense so I feel like that's been another really like moment when I've kind of realized because I started dating younger men that was my thing I Ooh. was dating younger yeah, yeah which there isn't much room to move at 22 but like <laughs> 20 year olds 21 year olds and I was like what is this I was like why yeah. am I only going young and younger guys so I'm like mm. it's a 100 percent like because I feel like you know this real sexual confidence and like that I'm yeah. the, really in control yeah um and then 100 starting sexology like yeah. that it, it being surrounded by other sexology students there is I can't even explain sitting in a classroom full of us like it is one of the most profound experiences I've ever had in my life the lunchtime conversations we have like if you were sitting near us you would mm. be like what the fuck is actually going on <laughs> and because our age range like we're from 21 to I think the oldest would be 65 plus like oh, I love so, that and so we're sitting around and we're literally talking about some of the, like just some of the stuff that comes out, but we've got all different backgrounds. We've got mm. parents in there, like people who are older, men, and it's just like it's, it's literally insane. I always like come up, I feel like I'm high every time I'm around them, yeah. Um, and but 100% like that has made me grow like so much. And because I feel like when you're around other people who, mm. um, want to like you, but two, I feel like they also know so much more than me in certain spaces like um within like the queer community stuff like that like they just know Mm. so much so I just it just expands me like I just grow so much around them
1: yeah and you all have that like common um I guess interest in sexology anyway and then your own you're all bringing your own backgrounds in it and you're all in proximity with each other and I was having a chat with another um girl just before and it's proximity is power who you're surrounded by and with are going to expand you or dim you even more so it's like whoever you're choosing to spend the most time with are going to really dictate how you're living your life and how you're expressing yourself
0: yeah absolutely and I because I study in Perth when I go do those classes so I'm in oh, wow. the wow so yeah. I fly over so I've flown over three times this year so yeah. then, I really struggle when I come back to Geelong mm. because everybody who I'm surround myself with here, a lot of them I've known since I was like in primary school, high school, because they have moved down to Geelong from yeah. our hometown. Yeah, and coming back every time I come back, I struggle for a bit because I'm like, I just want that energy that I get from all the sexology mm. students, and there's no other sexologists in Geelong, so I'm like, yeah. it's just me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, because especially being, like, a queer woman myself, none of my friends are really queer. Like, I only have Mm. a couple, but my close immediate ones, none of them are queer. So it's so hard trying to, I guess, connect on those things. And it wasn't until that I started going to Perth that I was like, okay, I think I'm actually getting, like, I love everyone to bits, but I feel like I'm being held back. And Mm. I'm the one trying to, having to explain everything. And people don't just, get it and I'm not even asking questions like I want to learn like I want to be able to have these conversations that I can grow from and yeah it's been interesting because I literally just came back Saturday so like Mm. two days ago Mm. and I'm just in that I know it's going to hit this week that just like that just yeah not a depression but like that little depressive state of just like I need you know I need more
1: yeah how do you go with that because I um I went to New York for an event this year and I was so expanded by New York. Like New York is, I've now called it my expansion home. I'm going back mm-hmm. in November. I'm so excited, but it's just coming back after an event with so many just like-minded women who we were there for the same thing. It was a really big, like not personal development event, but like rowing, healing, transformation, like huge transformation event. And then coming back to Sid like to Sydney and not that Sydney's like anything but like it was just amazing how much of a difference it just I felt that low I felt that like oh my god like I'm back it's like kind of like that reality mm-hmm. like sort of like hit you in the face type thing so for you that like traveling to Geelong you're there with your your people essentially and then coming back and you feel like the people around you aren't really understanding you or just like aren't like aren't like not that I'm saying that you're they're not your people or anything, but like not mm-hmm. your people, you get what I mean? Mm. For women who I know, like who are listening to this conversation, who are like, yes, like this is, this is what I want. Like I feel like I have to be someone for each person type thing. How, what are your tips for when you come back to Geelong with like all of that, like with people who don't exactly understand mm-hmm. or you feel like you have to explain or anything like that?
0: It's a great question because I don't think I've completely worked it out yet myself. My mm. first initial reaction is like, get me out of here. I want to move. <laughs> um, and I, I think because Geelong's like, it's like a small country, like city, if that makes mm. sense. Like there's mm. only like 250,000 people. So yeah. my instant desire is to just go somewhere else where there's more queer representations, yeah. more community, just more things going on that are going to, I guess, give me connections and let me, like, allow me to express myself. Mm. And I'm not the one who's doing the crazy, the crazy things. <laughs> it's yeah. just normal. Yeah. Um, but I think if you do have certain people, even if they're not in your presence, like, in your town, reaching out to them and talking to them, keeping those connections alive because even you never know where you're going to go. And I think they just it just helps to have, Mm. even if they're not right there, just building those connections. Um, I honestly find the podcast helps too, like talking to people. Then you're like, okay, you're somebody that like I connect to and, you know, we're on the same energy level because you never know where those connections are going to go. But I guess coming back to yourself because that's what I've had to do. I was spending a lot more time journaling, meditating. Mm and just working out okay who do i actually want to be and like how do i want to show up in the yeah. world and how can i grow even if i'm in this environment because i know i'm at least here for another six months like i can't go so what can i do so i the, literally the last time i went to perth there was a few people from melbourne and they were talking about they were like oh um Kinkfest is on next week, and I was like, "What kinkfest?" I was like, "Since when is this on?" And I was like, "Cause I don't have these people around me all the time. I don't know things yeah. are on. They're like." Yeah, there's a whole week dedicated to like kinks and fetishes <laughs> in Melbourne next week. There's an expo on Saturday, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like I have to go. Yeah. So I guess also going to events like that because mm. I'm sure I'll meet people who are on the you know the same the same wavelength. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and just trying to if you have certain communities that you're interested in or you feel you're a part of like trying to find ways to connect to them obviously it's not always easy when if you're in like a rural space like if I was back home in Port Ferry like there's literally like 3,000 people I do not know how I would cope (laughs) like it's just if I'm struggling in Geelong I do not know how I would go there (laughs) um but yeah it's definitely something I'm still working on um Mm. I think it's just Yeah, it's one of those awkward things where I almost feel like I need to shed some people, even though they're so supportive and I love them, but I need to start surrounding myself with people who are going to actually allow me to grow. And I, yeah, I'm just, I'm honestly just being able to do all the things I do that I think should just be normal. Like, for instance, an example, Mm. I went to like a queer sex party in Perth insane absolutely insane <laughs> and when i'm with all the sexology people they're just like amazing like tell yeah. me you know how was it but when i come home it's like oh my god like mm. you know this foreign concept like yeah such a yeah. scandal And like i'm the entertainment whereas then when i'm like literally sitting at we we're sitting at the pub on friday and we are talking about all the different sex parties i've been to and like yeah i went to a gangbang one and yeah i've been to this one and we it was uh. just like a just a different way of approaching like the conversation we were all on the same energy level um and you know whereas I tell people here and they're like oh my god a scandal like that's so brave of you and like you know so bold like yeah yeah and like I just had a thought come to mind I remember I can't remember where I saw it but it was something about somebody was talking about like um like letting go of friendships and things like that. And I never used to understand it. I was like, cause I've never had conflicts yeah. with friends. I've never had mm. fights. I've never been somebody that's had literally any drama since like year seven. Like I've just had nothing. yeah. And I, it wasn't literally until the second, last time I came back from Perth that I was like, Oh, I feel like it's not even about that. You have conflict with people. It's just, you just grow. Mm. and yes. like, you've just, it's this weird like thing of, I love you. And, mm. you know, you're amazing to me and everything. And like, we do yeah. have a great friendship, but I am not going to put as much energy into this because I actually need to find, you know, different energies that are going to, yeah. you know, fill me more in yes. a different way. And it's this yeah. really uncomfortable feeling. And like, it's, it's just like a weird space to be in. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, well you're like you're shedding you're shedding parts like in parts of you and that's uncomfortable because you don't want to shed parts of you because you're like th- that's who you are and then it's gonna like then if you shed it's gonna involve some change, it's gonna involve some n- unknown, and you don't know what's gonna come of that. And that like that can be so scary letting go of people who have been in your life, who you've known, who have just like essentially been a part of you. That's so scary, mm, but so absolutely. um it's so like so needed to where you want to go and you ha- if you have that inkling and this can be with anything if you have this inkling you need to um I feel like you just need to take it you need to call on that take action it? on it exactly it's that trust it's that self-trust
0: yeah. 100% like if you got that feeling it's there for a reason like mm. it's not just popping up for literally for no reason like it's there for it's got a purpose
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. That would have been the same for you for sexology. It was the same for me for what I wanted to learn with like my own life coaching. And just like, even with a place like going back to New York, like that was a calling that I felt. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I genuinely like want to take that and see where it rides. And you, I don't know like what will come of it, but like, I know that it'll be a good thing because it's come from like my gut feel and my own intuition.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm, I love all of that. I love our chat. So um, talk to us about That's Orgasmic, your
0: podcast. Yes. So it's a sex positive podcast. Um, I basically just break down everything, sex, relationships, dating, mental health. I feel like it's expanded a bit. It used to be the sealed section and that Mm. was very sex orientated. Now that Mm. it's That's Orgasmic, it's more just like Things that are orgasmic to us. Um I love that. Yeah, and it's just I felt like it needed that growth and to to go somewhere different. Um Mm. and yeah, I talk about whole heap like so many different things. Like um, I have people like living with STIs come on, um Mm -hmm. sex workers, um, academics in the space, other sexologists. Uh, literally just everyday people who just talk about sex and especially like the one thing I wanted to capture when I started it was what my experience and people around me in our early 20s so, like when I started it I I think it was 20 yeah it must have been 20 when I started it so I wanted to be able to share the experience of like what that's like in the real time. And cause I feel yeah. like a lot of podcasts, sex podcasts particularly, yeah. were people in their like late twenties reflecting back and being mm. like, oh, this is like what this experience was like. Whereas I was like, I come on and I'm like, I literally just had this thing happen. Here's how I feel about it in the real time. Yeah. Um, which has been, cool to see my growth but also cringy at times and I'm like oh my god (laughs) like I can't believe I used to think like that even some of the things I've said and I do sometimes now I think oh like do I need to go back and edit that or take Mm. that episode away because if this continues to grow which it is going to happen like Mm. I don't want people coming back and picking apart something I've said and then coming for me yeah like you know like like cancel culture and stuff Uh, culture and stuff like that yeah so i've had a bit of like oh i don't know but then i was like hey, on that this is the point of it like i i'm here to grow and i wanted people who were in the same age bracket as me to feel like understood especially for when i was starting at 20 like the 18 year olds late like late teens Mm. because there's not many people who are in that age bracket talking about these things yeah um so yeah and like I've continually just grown with that um especially from like my first episode to now like it's crazy the difference um yeah but yeah that's basically it I love that I feel like that's the beauty of it
1: though like just seeing where you've come from seeing where you started your beliefs with how you handled things and just like that all of that like each episode are like your own puzzle pieces and your own steps to who you are now and how you view things and how you see things and how you express things. And it's lit, it's real life. And I love that you're portraying that and really like connecting that with your own podcast and sharing that with the world. And I like, yeah, I don't know. This could be another podcast, like cancel culture and everything like that. But like, Mm. it's just because I feel like I'm going to just say a little thing because I feel like we get so anxious around wanting to say what we actually want to say and not to say like, you know, people can speak freely because there are some things which are just politically incorrect and you just genuinely cannot say, but we have a freedom of speech and we can say what we want to say. It's not to say like, you feel like you need to pick apart and go back and to to cancel out something because you thought that that was wrong or anything like that. I just, it's like you said, it's an evolution of who you are. And if your intention is good, then I don't see anything wrong with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think society doesn't, like they need to be a bit more giving for people, giving them growth. Even Mm. if they do say something that is, you know, in reflection, not the best thing to have said, but they've just said it in a, you know, the moment of passion or whatever. Yeah, Allow them to be like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm sorry I said that. I note that I won't do it again in the future. Like we need to be able to, like we're humans. We are not perfect. We are not robots that say everything right. Like we fuck up all the time. Yeah. And if you're expecting us to be perfect like that and not making mistakes and we're setting these standards for people, then how also like in relationships, are we setting those like same standards as well, if that makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Like then, because in relationships, we say the wrong things all the time. hundred like you know, fucking percent. Like or yeah. moments of passion and anger yeah. and you say something or, yeah. you know, you. you we, if we're not allowing people to have this space to, you know, mess mm. up, then are we also like is that what we're expecting everybody's relationships and everything to be yeah. like you know what I mean like it's just so, so unrealistic so unrealistic and I also yeah. find now when I interview people they will say like their thought and then they'll be and, like oh but like I also understand this all like that's not to say that I'm not acknowledging this and it's like they're too scared to just say what I've, they think
1: yeah I I know that I've done that in this podcast as well it's like oh I'm just making sure I am bringing about the other point so that and it's like we we don't have to like we don't have to but we feel like we need to
0: yeah and I feel it myself too mm. like when I talk about certain things and it's like well I need to make sure I cover every <laughs> basis so that yeah. I can't get pinned for doing yeah. know, the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing when actually like nobody is per- like we need to g- allow people to grow yeah. and expand and not just expect everybody to show up perfectly all the time because it's just it's so unrealistic 100%. and like it's such a toxic thing to then be applying to everybody and uh, like as i said like applying to our relationships and different things like it's just so unrealistic
1: a hundred percent
0: and like brings us full circle. That's how like
1: being fully sexually expressed and freely expressed really is. Like, because you're just true to you, you're saying what you want to say, you're doing what you don't want to do. You're living how you want to live unapologetically. That's mm-hmm. like, the, and that's what I'm moving into as well. It's like that unapologetic living. And I know like it, upon reflection, I'm like, I know I've said some things where I'm like, I've tried to cover my ass in like making sure I'm covering all bases, but we don't have to if we're just unapologetic. And then if someone calls you out or like comments or whatever, you can just say, look, I'm sorry. That's what I was owning in the moment. I can see how that came across. I'm I'm genuinely sorry. And that's yeah. all
0: and leave it at that move on (laughs) absolutely 100% and yeah yeah, I think that's one thing as a society we need to kind of learn and go on because it's very Mm. much quick to jump onto people and I also feel like some people find it quite a they want to seem like they're up with it and on, you know, up with all the trends and a progressive, mm-hmm. so they will be very quick to jump on these, like, cancelling trends to, you know, um, to have their their two pieces and feel like they're getting in before everybody else too, when it's like, have you even looked at all the nuances? Have you looked at all the yeah. intersections? Like, on there's so many topics, like, I see it all the time and, like, I find myself more just sitting back and, like, just observing yeah. and, like, looking and, like, like you can tell people just are not thinking critically about these things
1: yes they're just jumping in where it's like yes one observe and then two just reflect within yourself before you jump on the bandwagon and judge someone else. Like, I'm sure we've all had, we all have our moments of fuck ups and imperfections. Like we all do like put your hand up. It's okay. And it's like in that, like if you're judging someone else, but then like, you're afraid to be perfect. It's like this full circle of, we're just creating this toxic cycle where we just, just break it. Let's just cut the cord and, and just look at ourselves, reflect, observe, and then just
0: go about how we want to live like that's all we need to do i know absolutely Boom. and if you're feeling triggered <laughs> go sit and journal and think about why you're yeah. triggered
1: <laughs> that's it that's it the triggers are like the openness to like where you need to just where you need to look and that's totally fine like I'm gonna pull it back to the um just one last thing at the event that I went to there there were two things that I was really scared to do one of it was an anger release and then the second was a lap dance I was like fucking afraid out of my mind to do it because I was like there were a bunch of us women, we had just done some breath work and then we were all like all, you know, just this an- anger and emotion, we're like all getting ready to release it and like I was so fucking like scared to show that side of me because I haven't in the past and I was afraid what are these women gonna think like how am I gonna look this and that I was literally the first one to be like yep yeah, I'm ready like I'm fucking ready to go and it was just so healing and freeing to do something like that and then the lap dance as well it was just so empowering so it's the two most things that I was afraid of that I gained the most growth and I loved, I ended up loving the most. So it just goes to show where you follow, like just following your triggers can just lead to so much growth, so much openness and expansion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's the shit that terrifies you that's gonna push you the most. Yes,
1: yes. Nothing grows or nothing is exciting in your comfort zone. So
0: yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Amazing. What a way to the end. Thank you so much for coming on. I loved, love, love, loved having this chat where actually, before we leave off, we've got your podcast. That's orgasmic, but where can people find you?
0: Yeah. So on Instagram, um, that's orgasmic is my handle. Um, and that's, yeah, it's basically that and the podcast.
1: Amazing. Love it. Make sure you guys check her out, go and give her a follow and I'll see you and speak to you in the next episode.
0: As always, Shaggers, please reach out with any comments, questions, or stories to my Instagram, that's orgasmic or my email emilyduncan at orgasmic.com Please subscribe whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next time.